Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. On today's episode, we're talking about how defense equals attachment. Okay. So when you really stop to think about what does it mean to defend yourself? Okay. Usually the motivation to defend yourself, and this might mean, you know, physically, maybe there's an attack of some sort. Uh, It could mean that you're um, defending yourself um, by taking your vitamins, right? It could mean you're defending your position, um, maybe in an argument at work, right? But defending yourself usually has the motivation of safety, security, and protection, right? Defense, by definition, is not offense where you're actually going and attacking someone. So let's say you're in a staff meeting and, you know, somebody starts to, um, you know, quote unquote, attack you in this conversation. So you haven't started the debate, but you are uh, participating in it in, in the form of defending yourself. Okay, so you're not out there hurting other people. However, defense might actually hurt you. Uh, Byron Katie, one of the quotes that I got from her, I don't know, a couple years ago, um, it's still on my computer. It says, don't be careful, you could hurt yourself. And the essence behind that is there are so many things in life that we as humans, um, we try to be careful about, right? Because really the, the sense of loss or the sense of failure or um, the, the fear of death really kind of reigns supreme in us. Uh, we've been conditioned over time to, hey, you know, loss, grief, and death, those are not good things. We don't want those things in our life, right? So in order to not have those things, we have to create this safety and protection around us. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have safety and protection. I'm not saying that at all. However, you know, if we're going to change our life by changing our thinking, we have to understand where is it that I have an attachment or where do I have this sense of I'm going to lose or I have to defend myself. Okay. So attachments are not necessarily bad, but they can limit us. Okay. Here's a great example. If you have an attachment, like uh, some of my friends do um, as their mothers, and uh, they have this extreme attachment to how the chores in the house are supposed to be done, on what days the certain chores are done, you know, how are the towels folded, how, are, how is the dishwasher loaded, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> you know, that's okay if you're alone. You know, it doesn't matter if you have an attachment to that kind of thing when you're alone, just go and do it. Although I might say that there's a wealth of growth opportunity for you to just change your pattern, right? Because anytime we change our pattern, we have to think a little bit differently. So there's, you know, some opportunity for growth there. However, when you're with other people, you might have to release that attachment to how it's done to do it a different way. So for example, if you're a working mom who's trying to, you know, keep all the pieces uh, together, um, you know, keep all the balls up in the air and you're delegating household chores, if you are so attached to how the towels are being folded, which there's a million ways, by the way, and quite frankly, I'm just impressed if the towels get folded at this point. Um, But if you're so attached to that, it's going to limit you, right? 
So you can, absolutely. It's just going to give you a certain amount of stress and it might not be a good, um, you know, connection activity with the people in your life. So if you defend your position about this attachment and you bring that kind of attitude with you of defense, right? So in your mind, you're thinking, oh my gosh, you have got to fold these towels this way, right? Because you, you're not aware of maybe the attachment that you have to it, that somehow deep down you feel like if everything is done just so, we're going to have a good life, right? So you're not aware of this thinking that's driving your behavior and you come and you see, oh my gosh, this, this child, you know, they're doing their best, but they did not fold it the way that I wanted to. And you step into that place of defense. It now feels like to the other person, it's not defense, it's offense. So you are now attacking that other person and here they are, you know, Hey, I did my best. I, you know, folded the towels like you asked me to, I put them away. What more do you want? Right? So sometimes when you're defending your position, it seems like you're attacking others. So we really want to get into this idea of being open and curious about doing things in different ways. Okay. And honestly, when you do that, you have a greater connection with other people, which is really way more important than how are the towels folded. Okay, so where do you feel the need to defend yourself or others? Again, defending yourself or others is not inherently bad. We just have to be aware that we're doing it and ask ourselves why. So for example, um, uh, a friend of mine, I think I've referenced her here a couple times, but she has uh, a couple kids and recently she left uh, an emotionally and physically and financially uh, abusive relationship with her two kids. So she had to get to the point where she was even, you know, defending herself and realizing yeah, this is not good. This isn't good for me. This isn't good for these kids. And she's finding help in various different places where people are stepping up and they are defending her, uh, helping her to, um, you know, get her divorce finalized, helping her to get resources, things like that. So there's, there's nothing inherently wrong or bad in that, right? However, you know, 10 years from now, if she is on her feet and doing well, and she's still in defense mode, that might not serve her in, in the best way. Um, I, I think about bullying, right? Um, bullying has uh, come to the forefront uh, in, in my life here in the last few years. Just uh, there's a lot happening with friends that I know of that are in the um, education space in particularly, and, and bullying is a thing. Um, and I look at bullying as we definitely want to do something about that, right? Typically what happens is that somebody focuses on, uh, you know, what's wrong with the bully when in fact we need to say, well, there's nothing wrong with the bully, but we need to get them to think a different way. And the person who's being bullied, we also need to get them to think a different way, right? So sometimes in our defense of the person being bullied, we try to protect that person from getting hurt, which again is not bad or wrong. However, if you don't flip it and say, okay, now you are being bullied. Why do you think that is? Well, let's talk about how do you stand up for yourself? How do you see value in yourself to say, no, this is not right. 
Okay, just as much as we don't want to defend against or attack the bully, we want to come back around and say, listen, this is not okay. You cannot do this. Um, this is kind of how you're wired. You, you don't tend to think about other people um, because, you know, you're just wired a certain way. So how can we get you to think about the other person and to listen more? Okay. And to see your value and their value. So if we just use defense when we're defending the, the, the bully, you know, the person being bullied, it's not good enough. It, it will never change the result for either one of those um, people in that situation. So defense in that way is a good way to stop the hurtful behavior, but it doesn't actually fix the issue, right? Uh, in, in the last few years, um, you know, the, the racial relations here in the United States has really come to the forefront again. Uh, and, and we're getting a lot of people who are, you know, finally waking up and seeing some things in our society and saying, you know what, this is not okay, right? And so everybody's coming uh, out and saying, no, we don't, we don't want to live this way. We, we actually want to live in a way where everybody is treated with value and respect. And that's awesome. However, if you just stay in that defense mode or even an attacking mode towards people who you feel like are, are attacking you, that's not good enough, that doesn't actually get you to the result that you say that you want, right? So in our, in our quest to balance the scales of justice, sometimes, you know, we can not get the result that we say we want. And again, it's not wrong. It's just, do you want more of the problem or do you want the solution? So your level of attachment to whatever the, the idea is, whether it's folding clothes or, or social justice, uh, really de depends, uh, it, it'll show up in your level of defense, okay? And again, the result might not be what you want. Uh, I'll give you a great example. Okay, so you can look at um, some of the socioeconomic things that are happening in our world. First of all, um, you know, I do ascribe to what Jesus said uh, a long time ago. Um, the world will always have the poor um, because, quite frankly, the definition of poor kind of changes over time. You know, all you have to do is, is uh, some research into um you know, what is the definition of poor, especially here in the United States. It has changed over time. And there's all kinds of different ways of being poor. You, you could have a lot of money and still be very socially and emotionally poor, right? But when you get down to it, um, let's say you, you've got a, uh, a family. I'll use my, um, my friend as an example. You know, here she is. She's trying to get back on her feet. She's trying to understand how, how did I get to this place where my husband, you know, treated me like this? So we started off in love. How did I get here? What am I going to do with these two kids? How, how am I going to make sure that I, I provide for them and have a good life, right? Now, some people might look at that situation and say, well, it was her own fault. She shouldn't have, you know, been in that relationship. Uh, you know, yeah, sure, we can help her for a couple years. But after that, she just needs to pull herself up by her bootstraps. Okay. And if you think that people aren't thinking that, please, no, I'm, I'm using that as an example of people that I've actually talked to. Okay. So 
one of the things that we have been blessed to to do, um, my husband and I have uh, an arm of our business uh, for our real estate, um, is that we have built within our business plan uh, a way that we can actually work with people like this. So um, one of the things that, that you can do when you are um, a, a landlord, <clears throat> you can file to offer what's called Section 8 housing. So this is basically for people who are trying to get back on their feet. Okay, it's a whole program. There's a lot of, you know, ins and outs to it. But it's not just, hey, we want to offer this Section 8 housing. Now we want to get to know you and know what is your situation? Where are you coming from? It's not just giving you a little bit of help with your housing, but how can we help you get back on your feet? Right? So we want to help that person understand you're not here just just for the the basics, right? We want to help you go further in life, not just for you, but also for your kids, right? So you can experience something maybe you've never experienced before. And the reason why I tell you that is not to, you know, toot our horn or anything, but it's it's to look at and say, what can we do? So when you find that you have an attachment to something, so let's say maybe you, you um, look at people and you're like, man, I, I, I really want to help the poor. I really want to help women like this. Awesome. How do you want to do that? What is your specific way that you can do that? Now, some people would look at that and say, oh, you're doing too much for that person. They really should do it on their own. I don't think so. I think we're looking at it in a different way and saying, if we help this one family, how many families can this family help on their journey? Okay. Here's another example. Uh, I've been in the field of early childhood education for over 20 years now. I absolutely love it, by the way. Um, The field is really kind of suffering. Uh, It it wasn't great before the pandemic. It's really very difficult. Uh, Every single day, somebody is letting me know, oh, no, we lost another teacher. Oh, no, we, you know, there's somebody else who's leaving. So there's a lot happening right now. And over the years, there's been a lot of advocacy measures, right? Um, And advocacy is another way of saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm attached to this idea and I'm going to defend our, our, our position, right? And, and again, that's not bad or wrong. However, I look at it and I say, okay, I have a choice where I can, you know, go advocate and, you know, maybe go to, you know, talk to legislators and, and put my energy there. Or I can do what I'm doing today. <laughs> I can reach out to the leaders and say, listen, I want to help you right now. I don't want to, I don't want to go to, you know, the Capitol and say, okay, you know, five years from now, you're going to write some plan that's going to give us some money. No, no, no. I want to help you right now. Now, I am not limiting those people who are going out and, and advocating. Absolutely. Go do it. Do what you need to do. Right. But I just look at it a little bit differently and say, what can I do right now? Uh, People need to be helped right now. They don't need to wait. Okay. So again, that advocating is not bad or wrong. It's one way. But is there another way if you release your attachment to what you consider advocacy to get a better result? Okay. Okay. I know I'm going a little long today. So here's a few questions for you to think about. What are you attached to and why? So you can understand that you have an attachment and you can scan your life. And and this is how you know that you're attached to something. If somebody took that away right now, how would you feel? If they took it away and you wouldn't feel anything, guess what? You're not attached to it. If they took it away and you feel like you would lose a limb, 
you're quite attached to it, okay? And ask yourself why. Why are you so attached to that? Okay. Again, there's no right or wrong answer here. Just knowing the why is, is really important. Okay. The second question, what do you defend and why? So sometimes we don't know we have an attachment unless we look at the things that we say are really important and that we're defending. Okay. So you, um, the attachment question, the first one maybe is, is a little bit more about you and internally. The defense question is maybe about how you um, operate in life and, and your external position. Okay. So if you're at work and you're defending a position, why are you defending that? Okay. Again, you don't have to stop. I'm not saying that, but just ask yourself why to understand better. And then the last question is, can you do it in a better way? So if you are attached to something or you're defending something, can you do it in a better way where you realize, okay, I really am trying to support, you know, this, this mom, because I really feel like it's going to be good for her, for her kids, for our community. Okay. Awesome. Can you do it in a different way than the, um, preferred or, uh, kind of traditional way where you're getting a better result? Okay. Just, just ask yourself those questions and see what happens. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for sticking this, this podcast out today. I know it was a little longer than we normally take, but um, just this idea of defense and attachment, I think is really, really important for us to consider when we're talking about our thinking, because over time in our lives, we develop these beliefs and, and we don't realize that we're defending this position. We call it right. You know, we're, we might go out and have conversations and, and get in debates and, and we know that we're right. Uh, when in, in reality, we, we've develop this attachment over time that we're now defending and we don't realize it's there. Um, so just by examining what we have inside us and asking ourselves, what is this attachment that I have? Then you can ask yourself, what do I want to do with it? Maybe it's a healthy attachment and you're like, I want to keep it, but maybe it's not, maybe it's not serving you well. And you say, Hmm, I think I can get rid of this one. Okay. But you'll never know until you ask yourself those questions. All right. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.